0: So welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Episode 80, we took a week off, ate our turkey. Uh, I'm joined by Jordan. Happy holidays! Uh, yeah, no Dom this week, unfortunately. Back to the same old two-man podcast for the time being. Uh, hopefully we'll have him back next week. I don't know when he'll be back, um, but, you know, two-man podcast today. Trailer <laughs> Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've actually been able to talk about what we've been playing, and I have a heavy list of stuff. Um, so I don't know where... I'll start at the, the easiest thing, the, the thing that I finished. Uh, I think it's the only thing on my list that I've actually quote-unquote finished, which is Super Mario Odyssey. I've
1: oh 100% yeah, of, Mario
0: time! I have 100% of that game. Uh, super great, got all 999 moons. Well, technically 880, and you buy the, uh, the other 119. Um,
1: you fucking ha- chill.
0: <laughs> Had a blast with that game. Uh, I'm still going back and. Oof, I was about to say something. Do you consider costumes a spoiler, Jordan? Um, if you do, I won't say anything. If you don't, I'll I'll say what I was going to say. I just want to know. I clear. I do
1: because I I was stupid and I clicked on a Jimquisition video like his okay. final impressions and he was wearing a Waluigi suit and I was like, God damn it. Okay,
0: so I won't say anything about that. Anyways. Yeah. Even though I have all 999 moons, there's still some reasons why I'm going back and just messing around with it. I wouldn't say I'm like hardcore into it by any means, but I'm still jumping in there and doing, taking some photos and stuff. Um, yeah, com- completely done with that game. Uh, real quick, I don't want to go too long on it. As far as completing the game and 100%ing it, there's a neat little thing to getting everything and 100%ing it. This is like all the purple coins, all the music notes, all the, the um, captures, everything. I've done absolutely everything in this game. Um, there's there's some neat little things. If, this, if I was, you know, Gerard the Completionist from, you know, the Completionist series on YouTube, I would say, don't complete it. Um, if you're somebody that's on the edge, like, I loved this game, so I was all in, right? Knowing that Nintendo has a track record of even when you 100% games, there's not always the greatest or grandest rewards, right? I kind of knew that going in. Um, if you love this game, I think it's definitely worth your time, but I don't think this is one of those games, like... Oh, you need a hundred percent it because the true ending or what happens afterwards is amazing, right? Um, yeah. I just want to let let you know that and let people know that because like, some people are talking about like it's this great grand thing and it's cool. I'm not I'm not disappointed that I got all of the moons, but I'm nef- definitely not saying like oh it's a must, you know. Um, sure. Yeah. So really enjoyed that game. It's up there for me as far as game of the year. Um, I, the the only thing for me right now that's kind of in the running is is uh, Cuphead. I kind of go back and forth on those two games um, because, obviously, they're completely different. They're, they're both platformers to some extent. Uh, obviously, Mario way more than Cuphead, but there's different reasons why I like both, and I'm still kind of figuring it out in my head. And there's all these other games I'm about to talk about that are kind of in that running tube, not as high, because I haven't finished them yet. Next up on my list, Golf Story. Uh, I've been playing Golf Story. Nice. I actually bought this when it originally released, but I was playing through Breath of the Wild, and then obviously Mario came out, so I didn't really. And I was also playing um, Steam World Dig Two, so like Golf Star was kind of in waiting. I was like, when I'm when I'm kind of done with some of these things, Golf Star is going to be the first thing I pick up. Really love the game. Aesthetics cool, gameplay's awesome. People have issues with the humor because it's very Australian. So obviously, as an American, that's something that you kind of have to like deal with. I still think it's. Funny. Good eye, Golfer. Yeah, I still think it's funny. Have you played Golf Story at all,
1: Jordan? Um. Uh, I, I think I had to pass on that one. Well, I did have to pass, but I'm continuing to pass on it. Yep. Just because it seems alright, but uh, it would be lower on my list of with some of the other things that I've got, you know?
0: Yeah, for me, I would definitely say this is a game that if it ever goes on like 50% off sale or something, I think it's a must buy at that point. It's hard for me to say like buy it now at full price or whatever. Uh, I enjoy the game. I think the mechanics are very solid. Um, my only issue is, <laughs> this is <laughs> going to sound dumb, for a game called Go- Golf Story, this is going to sound very dumb, but it's way more golf than I anticipated, um, mm. and by that I mean outside of actually playing the golf courses, it's a lot of golf talk, which I was kind of disappointed with because I thought it was a, an RPG that was humor a humor-based game that included you playing golf to get through the game, right? That's kind of like the combat of the game is you playing golf. What I came to find out is there's combat sprinkled in, and there's uh and there's a, some humor sprinkled in, but there's a lot of golf talk going on. And for somebody who's not a huge fan, like I, I like playing golf, but I'm not like a huge avid golf fan. You know, I'm not 60 mm-hmm. yet. Um, there's a little <laughs> bit too much golf uh, talk going on for me to be super invested. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. Um, but I'm still enjoying the game, still having a blast with it. Um, yeah, not too much else to say there. Uh, I like the creativity of some of the levels on the side quests you do in it, but it's definitely not in the top as far as indie games for me. What I am excited for is to see where the studio goes from here. Um, I think this is a nice first step, and it definitely is polished and quality for me. People have said they've yeah. experienced weird like glitches and stuff, um, but as far as my experience of the game, it runs fine. Like I said, the mechanics are great. It's just maybe for me, if they get into a different genre or they maybe make it a little bit more humorous and less golfy in in terms of dialogue and stuff, I think I'd maybe be more invested. Which, again, is weird coming from somebody who's talking about a game called Golf Story, but the way people were talking about this game and pitching it were like, it's a golf game, but it's an RPG and it's very funny. So, like I said, for me, I thought it was more of a Caddyshack and not so much a PGA Tour with some jokes. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah.
0: So, that's Golf Story. Next up... (laughs) And this is one of the things that's going to be very surprising. I've been playing AC Origins. Nice. So I picked this up on sale for Black Friday. It was forty bucks. Um, they got. Yeah. So for me, I, I was on Black Friday. I was looking to buy something, and it came down to AC Origins or Wolfenstein Two plus the DLC with the expansion pass for forty bucks, which was a tremendous deal. And. For me, uh, I, maybe me and you are in the same same camp, Jordan, maybe not. But for me, I don't look at these games and be like, oh, one's an open world, one's a single player. Which one do I get more value out of? I knew I was going to love both of these games, more than likely.
1: Right. Definitely
0: Wolfenstein 2 more than AC Origins out of the gate. Um, but I knew both of them were going to be worth the 40 bucks no matter what, right? Uh, to yeah. me, anyways. So I ended up going with AC Origins um, because, you know, parents like to buy their kids gifts, and I kind of have been like, yo, this is the specific game I want for Christmas. So I'm kind of not worried about getting to Wolfenstein 2, right? Because if that was the case, then I'd be like, yo, I'm going to pick up Wolfenstein 2. Um, AC Origins. I actually like the game quite a bit. Um, yeah,
1: because you you're you not a Assassin's Creed fan. Anybody, and I'm not saying, you're not an Assassin's Creed fan, that's why you like this bullshit. It's just that anybody that I've heard really positive on the game doesn't usually play Assassin's Creed, and anybody who's like pretty negative on the game Plays most Assassin's Creed games is the well, trend I've noticed.
0: I've played every Assassin's Creed game except for Unity and Syndicate, so I'm well versed in Assassin's Creed. Yeah.
1: I just but haven't played any of the latest Gen ones, which I would say is, you know.
0: Yeah, but let me let me go let me go on because I knew that was going to be a thing. I like this game for a bunch of reasons that aren't why I've liked Assassin's Creed games in the. In, that's a weird way of phrasing it. No, it Normally, makes perfect sense. So, no, like. I love Assassin's Creed, too, because it's all the mechanics of Assassin's Creed, right? And Brotherhood, not so much Black Flag, because Black Flag doesn't really feel like a whole Assassin's Creed game to me. This game, the reasons I love it aren't the Assassin's Creed parts. Those are actually the parts I dislike. Um, The traditional ones that they didn't do right, is what I'm trying to say. I'm hoping this isn't confusing. Like, I agree with you. I don't think the stealth is very good in this game. I think the combat is not great at all. I think it's button-bashy. Like, I'd never find myself being strategic or anything, coming from somebody who loves... I know, it's played out, Dark Souls, yada, yada, yada. Are games with, like, very tough combat and stuff.
1: Well, but like I said before, they're trying to copy, like, a Dark Souls... More Bloodborne, but it feels yeah. very from software, what they're trying to do yeah. in combat.
0: So the reason I've loved Assassin's Creed games in the past, you know, the stealth, uh, all of that stuff, the climbing, um, even the, the combat and stuff, uh, to some extent, I enjoyed in past Assassin's Creed games. They, I don't think they necessarily did those right in this game. So for me, it's like... The Assassin's Creed parts of this game are the parts I don't like, which is kind of weird because all the other parts I like, but those aren't the parts that make it an Assassin's Creed game.
1: You know what I'm trying to say? Which are, that's the point I was trying to make yeah. earlier. I, I hope I wasn't... It, I really wasn't trying to talk shit on you. Oh yeah, really yeah, yeah. yeah, The reason that people like this game is pretty much the same reason the people... Uh, uh, a lot of people like Black Flag and that's the people that um, aren't super into Assassin's Creed love yeah. both of those games because they're pretty I mean they're as close to not an assassin's creed assassin's creed game as you can get
0: yeah you know? um, and that's the funny thing is cuz like when people say what's your f- a favorite assassin's creed game for me it's assassin's creed 2 i liked right. black flag but not because it was an assassin's creed game you know like and i think right. that's where origins falls for me of like in the ter- in in the the, the standings uh, or ratings or how you want to do it love of for me listing my top assassin's creed games i don't know if this is necessary to the to the top of the list because for me the parts I like aren't Assassin's Creed so therefore should it be high on that list of Assassin's Creed games you know um, yeah. but for me the reason I'm enjoying it so much is because I've been looking for, for, for open world since like Wildlands I think to just explore and have fun in and I thought I was mm. going to get that with Breath of the Wild and I just I didn't like I actually tweeted uh, about a week ago that I think I'm done with Breath of the Wild for a good portion of time for like I think I'm setting it down for a long while. I just I got like 20 plus hours into that game, and that world just doesn't do anything for me. And it could be partially because I'm not a huge Zelda guy. I mean, I love but it's revolutionary,
1: Jared.
0: Yeah, man. And I'm probably gonna get you know put on the put on a cross for this or something, but or put at the stake, burned at the stake. But like, I even think like the 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 Ghost Recon Wildlands uh, open world was more interesting to me personally, and even that wasn't Absolutely. super crazy. It's just like that. The I don't think the characters are very interesting for the most part. The world is kind of shallow. It just didn't do a lot about for the me.
1: Weapon destruction.
0: Yeah, I just we've talked about this uh, at an exhaustive rate, so I'm not going to go too much into that. But like, I'm loving Assassin's Creed Origins for the open world, and I do like the characters and stuff. But it's weird when you talk about like, for this for like goatee considerations or like how does this rank as far as your favorite Assassin's Creed game? And for me, it's like, like I told you, it's it's hard for me to list it because all the reasons I love this game aren't Assassin's Creed related. They're yep. oh, triple uh, A, well polished, open world game. You know what I mean? It's not. Which the, it is.
1: It's got a great open world. It's got a yeah. great. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know if I would say the story is great, but the characters, no, no, characters themselves yeah, are great. I would say
0: the characters. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So it's I'm ve- I'm very weird on it because if I'm basing it like if you're looking at it in a in the scope of a franchise, how does this compare to the other Assassin's Creed games? I would say like, well, I think it's kind of a step back personally. But in terms of a triple A release in 2017, I think it's solid and doing a good job for me. You know, it's a very yeah. weird thing. Uh, I totally agree with you from terms of like being uh, somebody who loves Assassin's Creed. I would I, I completely understand why you're indifferent on this game. You know. Um. Next up, I played, I haven't finished yet, but I have played Doki Doki Literature Club, which this game mm. is like kind of taking the, the industry by storm right now. This is one of those gone home games of people are saying, don't read up on it, just download the game and play it. Uh, this is definitely not in my wheelhouse of things I normally play. It's a, uh, it looks like a text-based dating sim on the outside. It's, you know, cute anime girls, text you read, you're making decisions, yada, yada, yada. It looks very much like a game I wouldn't normally play. But whenever we're not on the podcast, you can't stop talking about anime tits, Jared. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, so on the outside, this looks like a game that, like, why would I play this? Um, So, you know, it comes in at the low, low price of free, which is a super easy get, obviously. People Mm. were talking about this game. People I personally... Am interested in their opinion, especially like on indie or hidden games. Like uh, Miranda Santos from IGN has been talking about this, and um, uh, also Marty Sliva and a couple of other people that I'm I'm keen on their on their tastes when it comes to like weird indie niche games. And this kind of started uh, sparking like wildfire of people talking about like, no, this is like a hidden gem. It's one of those games that two to three hours in. I think even less that. It depends on your reading speed. Some people have said you can get to the twist of the game, or where it opens up about two hours in. Some people will say like three to four. I think it just depends on your reading speed. Um, and it changes into a, a different game completely than you would expect. And I'm gonna tell you this much. I haven't gotten to the big twist yet of the game, or where it opens up, or whatever that happens to be. But I'm hooked on this game, Jordan. Uh, nice. And I don't, obviously I'm not into like text-based dating sims or whatever, but the characters I think are really interesting, and it's kind of one of those things like in any video game you kind of find the characters you gel with the most right off the bat, and there's these sprinklings of where I feel the game's going to get. Without spoiling anything, from what I've seen so far, it seems like this game dives deep into mental uh, mental health and mental illness, and it does that in a very interesting way of giving you something that gamers are are used to seeing and then folding back those layers slowly and you start being like whoa there's something going on here it's like oh hey how's it going let's hang out at this club after school and then it's like then you start talking to them and it starts like instead of like in a normal dating sim or games in general where of this caliber where it's like positive 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 or you kind of know where everything's going this one is slowly peeling back like these more insidious like dark tones very interesting yep. i don't know people are saying that it should be in godie consideration or at least in indie game of the year consideration i have no idea yet i'm only i think like one and a half hours in um but it's very interesting and i'll say that much about it it has my interest um and lastly because uh, i've probably been talking for too long by now uh, the last thing i want to talk about real quick is animal crossing pocket camp um i'm a huge animal crossing guy uh, I was interested to see when this game would come out. They did a weird thing where it's like, it's coming out Thursday. Oh, just kidding. It's out today. Um, this was the last week, obviously.
1: Fucking Nintendo. And it's probably because like, of the Apple Yeah, waiting process. for it to get...
0: Yeah. Um, so I've been playing this game. I'm level 10 now. Have you been playing it at all, Jordan?
1: Nah. Yeah. I, I'm I probably figured. not even going to play the Switch version. Yeah. Just because there's, it's not even that like, oh, I don't want to live another life in a video game. Even though it doesn't necessarily appeal to me, but it's more just yeah. that there's so many other games that interest me ten times more than this that I've, I haven't got to touch as much as I want to. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's just basically like Golf Story. Like if I had this game, it would just be so low on my list that I would just never play it. You know.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing you have to do as a gamer now that we live in this very. I think spoiled time of, like, there's just so many good games out there you have to pick and choose, you know? You're going to yeah. miss out on good games just because there's not enough time in the day and there's you have your own interests. What I'm going to say with Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, it's a nice little filler for me until I get the actual Switch game. By no means do I think this is an entry to the series for people who have never played Animal Crossing. Um, mm. I just want to touch on some points really quick because I don't want to go too long on it. I think the macro transactions... Totally non-invasive for me so far. Like I said, I'm level 10. Um, I've heard people so far that are hovering around the mid 20s for people that have been constantly playing it. So, you know, try to see where I'm at as far as like uh, pacing and stuff like that. Items are cool. It's like, uh, it's like Animal Crossing Lite. You know, lite. Yeah. It's very much for a game that people often when they criticize it being a game where it's about menial tasks and you're doing kind of the same things over and over again and stuff like that, it's even less than that. For me, my biggest, mm. my biggest, like, most enjoyable favorite parts of Animal Crossing on GameCube were, and I don't know how familiar you are with it, Jordan, obviously, there's a museum in the town. and There's uh, obviously one of the main mechanics of Animal Crossing is going out and bug collecting, right? Some bugs are rarer than others, some show up at different times of the year than others, yada, yada, yada. And one of the cool things is that you would collect these bugs, take them to the museum, and then you'd have a showcase of all the bugs you've caught. So it's kind of like showing off you trying to collect all the bugs, right? So for people who are very into collectathons or or that kind of stuff, it's really awesome, which I'm that type of person. Um, They also had a fossil section, so you would use a shovel and you could dig up fossils. Uh, for different dinosaurs, and if you got enough of them, if I remember correctly, you could get a full exhibit of that dinosaur, so you could see, like, a full Triceratops, uh, skeleton, or a full T-Rex skeleton, so that was really cool, because it was rewarding all of your collection, right? In Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, it's pretty much, you collect all of this stuff to build something, so that way your the other animals in the town like it, so that way you can get credits to get more crafting items, to build items, like, it, it basically hones in on the the house rotation of getting new items in your house and making it look nice, which is cool, but that's not why I like Animal Crossing. You know, it's more about exploring and, and uh, collecting and stuff like that, so I'm dabbling with it. I don't really think it's great, to be honest. Uh, I never played Super Mario Run. I liked Fire Emblem uh, uh, Heroes more than this, um, but it's all right, I guess. Definitely, for people saying like... <laughs> I remember Greg was saying this last week, and he's kind of turned the tide uh, on uh, kind of funny games daily. He was talking about how like this is the Animal Crossing game he wants, and they should just stick to this and not really a Switch one. And then you saw all of these diehard Animal Crossing fans come out and be like, "No, I don't want this. This is okay, but like I want an actual Animal Crossing game." You know? So yeah, this definitely doesn't do anything for me in terms of my my want of an actual Animal Crossing game. And obviously, for somebody like you, it's obviously not doing enough to even get you interested in the slightest because. No matter what, it's going to be a franchise that's at the bottom of your want-to-try-out list, but if this game would have been something that's like, oh, this is a good entry to the series, it might have moved the needle a little bit more. Not to say you would have played it, but it's obviously not doing anything to even make you think about it, you know? Um, So, I think that's pretty much everything I've been playing. Uh, Odyssey, Golf Story, AC Origins, Doki Doki Later Trope, Animal Crossing, Pocket Camp. I finished Stranger Things 2 as well, um, which I enjoyed. Uh, I still like season one, I think, more, but I had a good time with it. And what do you I, think of
1: episode seven?
0: Uh, as a standalone, that's the
1: divisive one.
0: As a standalone episode, I liked it. I think there's this weird argument to be had on how you ingest content. I'm not hmm. the person that I'm not the person that binges shows. We've had this discussion Same. numerous times. Sure. So for me, I was watching an episode a night or an episode every other night. Yeah, that, same. Yeah, so for me, it wasn't as much of a break in the, the amped-up nature of episode-to-episode we're episode building the hype, but it still did that to me. Maybe not to the extent of other people who were binging all the episodes at once, but I still felt it was a weird break. For me, I would enjoy the episode to have been a little bit earlier in the season. Um, yeah. And I understand why they did it. It's setting up stuff in the future. I didn't like the acting of the of the yeah the, the that's girl. what it is. I, uh, Callie, the, uh, I believe her name is. I didn't think she was a very the, good actress.
1: The problem I had with it wasn't the break in pacing from the series. It was just that I thought, it not even just her, the girl that plays the, the uh, croonies
0: and all that, eleven's
1: yeah. sister. Yeah, her whole group I thought were terrible actors, and yeah, um, just it felt like. Uh, a way where show it almost felt like I was someone just threw me into the middle of a CW show and I was like exactly what the fuck it was like here? you go like, from this like this an ha- not good
0: <laughs> you go from like an HBO show to CW that's what I <laughs> right definitely, exactly uh, I'm yeah. like what ha-
1: who did this to me you know so yeah that's that was my issue with it
0: yeah I like that it was an episode centered around mostly Eleven like having her on screen right. at any time is awesome like I definitely agree with you that it's it's the acting ability of all the actors because the the core cast is so strong. That when you have right. all these other people come in, first of all, it's going to be hard enough to people to like it to begin with because you're bringing an entirely different group of people that people don't care about, you know, a season and a half in. On top right. of the fact that, like, they're not to the level of this core cast, you know, so... Yeah, and um, they were
1: just leaning really hard into, like, that 80s punk vibe, and I was like, I don't know, man. Like, you guys, like, th- the dude throwing knives at the do- at the target and, like just the some of the music yeah. they were just leaning really hard on and trying to make uh, Eleven look like a badass with her new look and I was like oh, I don't know man, i not, yeah. not enjoying it.
0: I definitely think it wasn't to the quality of the rest of the episodes. I like the season though. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. The other thing, I watched the first episode of Taboo I'm kind of in the middle on whether or not I want to watch the rest of the first season um, Taboo is obviously the show with Tom Hardy, the center is around him and like it looks like... I think it get a real good vibe of, like... I think it's, like, Colonial England or something at the time. Um, I don't know if you ever watched any of Taboo at all.
1: Um, yeah, I, I watched the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I'm... I'm not negative on it. Like, I enjoyed the first show. I just don't know if it's something I'm interested in enough. And this goes back to you talking about Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. I don't know if it's interesting enough to me to put it in front of all the other stuff I want to get to.
1: You know? Yeah. I don't know if it, like... I I would not recommend you go forward with it. I think that's exactly how i felt about it and i felt that way about the entire series once i was finished like it's good but it's not great and it's not bad so i it's and it's not even mediocre it's just very middle of the road and i think there's just way better shows out there to be watching right now um and i was really surprised i thought it was a mini series and then they talked they announced season two and i was like that that doesn't make really any sense so yeah i i I would say just, just move on. Cause, and especially knowing your tastes, I don't think you're going to be jiving with it real hard.
0: Yeah, and I, I like the characters and stuff. It was interesting to see... Uh, I forget the character's name from Game of Thrones, but obviously Robb Stark's wife in it. Right. She's the sister. Um, it, it's Way very, skinnier. In, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very interesting show. I, I like the characters. Man, speaking of Game of Thrones, when he, when he goes and he talks to like the higher-ups in that one building... There's, like, three or four actors in there. There's, like, the dude that's in Harry Potter as one of the professors. Yep. There's yeah. uh, the High Sparrow uh, and a couple of other people. I can't remember off the top of my head, but, like, I was like, oh, yep, a lot of British actors. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't know if we recorded bef- after we have watched Justice League or after Justice League came out.
1: Um, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I, I like the movie. I don't want to get into it because I've already been talking for, like, way too long. Um, I liked it, I, yeah, that's pretty much it, I wouldn't say it's fantastic or anything, but I liked it. Uh, Yeah,
1: definitely a big mess for me, pretty disappointing, I thought that, um, you know, my thing with the DC universe at this point is just, we deserve better, you know, whether you're a DC fan or not, but especially the DC fans, we fucking deserve better, and it's just sad that we're not getting it, it's sad that, um that these movies are just so messy and so mediocre at the end of the day even if you enjoy them that you just can't make a proper argument for them being really good movies especially oh, no. great movies so <laughs> yeah um and my biggest thing is like Zack snyder's a decent director he's had some movies that i really like that he directed but please for the love of god warner brothers stop letting him write these movies he is a bad writer. He is a really bad writer. He has no business being in the writer's room. So just please stop, you know? Yeah.
0: My, my thing real quick, because uh, I want to get to everything you've been playing. Um, I think, yeah, the writing wasn't great in this movie. I also think a lot of the lines we came to find out that Joss Whedon wrote weren't necessarily good either. Like, people are saying, like, oh, yeah, tur- you know, turn over everything to Joss Whedon. I don't even think Joss Whedon's really the answer, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um.
1: I don't well, the think... flash humor, I thought, was really forced, you know, just, like, really cramming that down your throat, and I didn't necessarily think very much of any of it was funny, so.
0: Yeah. Um, and the, the other thing I want to say, and this is just my personal opinion, obviously, I think there was a lot of issues people could have with the movie. The one thing I think w- that was vastly overblown, I understand having criticism for it, but the thing that I think people just punched into the ground way too hard, because I don't think it was that bad, was the whole CG lip thing. Like I think yeah, I it, I didn't think it looked fantastic by any means. But man, people are like, "It's awful! It's I, it's so distracting! I can't even pay attention!" It's like, yeah, it's not great, but it's not that bad. Like it's just like there are plenty of things that are worse than that that you can be picking out of the movie, in my opinion. And their like, yeah, I mean, people love, love, love calling
1: out CG. Yeah, it's a weird thing, yeah. and especially because half the CG that you see on screen you don't even notice because it's just like adding uh buildings to the skyline of a city and crap like that so people think i think it's that people think that they're clever or that they sound like technologically uh kind of advanced or keen when they're mentioning these things and i'm like well like i said you know 90 percent of the cg that you're seeing you're not even taking in you're not even noticing so if you really knew what the fuck you were talking about you'd be pointing that stuff out and not just nitpicking these tiny things that aren't even that bad
0: Speaking of, I don't want to get into this fully either, but the the one thing that goes off of that is the Infinity War trailer came out, and
1: didn't watch uh, it. Yeah, no trailers.
0: Good call. Uh, the one thing with that is that uh, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Thanos is in the trailer. I don't think that's a spoiler. Obviously, the movie's are right nah. around Thanos. Um, he he's shown right. I'm trying. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. He's shown in the trailer, and the big gripe people have is like. I'm tired of these like all CG villains or whatever. Jordan, Thanos' CG looks so good. Like yeah. in comparison to everything in Justice League and everything. To
1: Steppenwolf who looks garbage, like Dude, garbage Steppenwolf.
0: Thanos looks so good, Jordan. I cannot yeah. tell you how good he looks. And people are he like He
1: looks good in like Guardians 1, you know. Yeah. He, he's been looking good.
0: And it's just like, they're like, oh, a, a whole CG villain. This is this is terrible. Why can't we have actual Josh Brolin? Because he's playing Thanos. You know how dumb it would look if actual Josh Brolin was playing Thanos? It, like he he's would getting... look
1: like uh, um, Isaac, Oscar Isaac in Apocalypse. Apocalypse.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is that they go they try to go a little bit more practical in it. The internet exposed and says Apocalypse looks ugly, it looks awful. Then they go it's all CG terrible. and people are like, oh, this is disgusting. Anyways, yeah. Thanos looks... Incredible as far as CG, like obviously yeah. this is a big thing for Marvel and they're putting all of their money into this basket because it's a culmination of 18 years or 10 years, 18 movies, sorry, uh, so far, anyways, uh, without Black Panther, um, looks fantastic. So I was just like, that's dumb. People are complaining about that.
1: Well, you were talking about being spoiled with the amount of awesome games we well, have. Yeah, people are obviously extremely spoiled when it comes to CG. So. Oh
0: uh, yeah. This doesn't look as good as my brother's that he can do in community college.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, my brother knows Adobe After Effects. Exactly.
0: Uh, I went for a very long time, uh, but I wanted to hear from you what you've been playing.
1: No, you're good, man. I I feel like I go long on uh, what I've been playing <laughs> all the time, especially yeah. since it's not just games usually. So, um, but I actually, have been playing quite a bit, uh, quite a few games. Uh, been playing some Skyrim on the Switch, enjoying Ooh, that nice. quite a bit. And um, you know, another thing people love to complain about is that game in third person playing it in third person i'm like no it just it looks like a third person fucking game you know like yeah it, i the game is janky so yeah it looks janky sometimes but that's not just the third person aspect of it you know that's just i the think game it, in general yeah
0: i think it's fun in third person my biggest gripe of playing in third person is when it comes to like going to a shelf and specifically selecting an item off the shelf i'm always worried i'm gonna steal something you know and like i'm oh, always paranoid at yeah. that. So that's why i switch into first you definitely think-
1: have to get get it right yeah. in the radical if you want to yep. pick something up yeah <clears throat> but it's cool and i'm glad that um, i'm getting to enjoy it in this case for the first time you know like i'm sure i would have enjoyed it on a console if i had played it earlier and i uh, you know basically started it multiple times before we really never got past the very beginning for what, a, whatever reason excuse me and so it's really great that i get to experience it you know with it being handheld now i think it's going to be awesome doing that and uh
0: that's really cool that
1: doesn't yeah that doesn't necessarily affect it in negative ways just like um besides some of the frame rate dips i think that doom on switch is is pretty great you know and so i'm excited for wolfenstein 2 and i'm excited to see maybe you know more triple a games coming over to the platform because i really don't think it's going to be uh, that detrimental to them so yeah not too far into skyrim but definitely enjoying it and um let's see what else what else um so i hopped back into nino cooney for the you know get ready for the next uh entry in the series coming out uh january if i'm correct um and, my God, Jared, I've played this game multiple times, and <laughs> the beginning is so fucking heartbreaking. I got oh, into yeah. it, and I, oh my I god. I was like, oh, fuck, what am I doing here? I just, I don't know if I can do this again. And, yeah, it, I went through the steps, and it was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, you know. So I will, that was uh, difficult.
0: Man, if there was something like that in, like, the, the first real 3D Pokemon game we get, because, like, playing the beginning of that yeah. game really makes me feel as if, like, this is what I would love in a po- in like a three D Pokemon game,
1: you know. And it is kind of a Pokemon game when you get yeah, down to it. Yeah, yeah. You
0: know? And I'm like, oh, it's so heartbreaking. Uh, January 19th, by the way,
1: release date. Nice, nice, nice. So yeah, really excited about the second one, and uh, you know, just want to sh- give a shout out to the fact that this is a Studio Ghibli animated, uh, you know, full fledged RPG JRPG we're looking at here, like that's just incredible you know that the, one of the best anime studios in the world did AJ RPG, you know um it's almost like you know and i i don't really necessarily agree when people say oh ghibli is like P- the pixar of japan but it would be like if pixar teamed up with uh you know a great american studio and decided to do like a western rpg you know yeah um that would be fucking insane, so I'm just, I'm still in awe of the fact that it even exists, and I know they have a lot less involvement on the second game, but regardless, the first game is is magical in that sense. Um, So, and yeah, I'm really enjoying it, just because it's such a great game, and and really underrated, you know, I'm really glad I got a sequel, because not enough people played this game on PS3, Um, especially since it came out at a time when people probably actually did have PlayStation 3s when they were down in price, so um, this game goes on I sale hope. a lot.
0: Like, I bought I bought it on sale yeah. for, I think it was during the summer sale for PlayStation. Um, I, don't right. have, uh, I don't even have, I couldn't even remember my PlayStation account. I went through the effort <laughs> of creating a new PlayStation account so wow. I could buy this game on sale, because that's how much I wanted to own it and play. And it's a shame I haven't got back to it. We talked about the, so much stuff going on. I want to get back to it. Sure. I love
1: the opening sure. of that game. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um I would almost advise just, like, however far you got in the game, just pick up from there because you don't want to <laughs> yeah. have to experience I don't want to cry again. again.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just read read the story summary if you need to get caught back up or something. But, um, <clears throat> anyways, um, I started to play. I was one to play at one of the Tales games. Um, and so there's uh, Tales of Berseria is the latest one that came out on PS4, and it's also one of the highest... Uh, rated on Metacritic of the series so I started to play that but then I was like, nah, I should if I'm going to play a JRPG right now, I should play uh, uh, no Kuni, of course, so I just jumped over to that so I really barely got but like an hour into Berseria but I'm, I'm certain I'll get back to it at some point um, and then the funny thing, I thing about I also the
0: st- Real, sorry to interrupt you, the funny thing about the Tales game is that you just reminded me, you were talking about wanting to play it um I have a friend who loves the Tales series, and nice. uh, what's the name of the band that sings Backcountry? Country? They're known for a bunch uh, of other songs, it's just a song I know from them.
1: Is it Avenged Sevenfold?
0: Avenged Sevenfold. He's a huge yeah. Avenged Sevenfold fan, right? He told me that he... Peanut Butter to, and Jelly. Uh, he used to, yeah exactly, he used to listen to Avenged Sevenfold non-stop, with their albums or whatever listen to it while grinding in Tales games and I thought that's such an odd combination peanut (laughs) (laughs) butter (laughs) and (laughs) jelly exactly sorry it was just a weird tangent but like it reminded me of like they're very like
1: cutesy Japanese <laughs> yeah. fantasy games you know It's that's funny as hell <laughs> yeah. um, I mean not that they, they deal with some serious stuff and they get dark especially for it's just an odd pairing but yeah but yeah very very different very colorful games it's like, it's,
0: games, like so. uh, it's like for if I came on the podcast I was like yeah you know I was really grinding through some moons of Mario Odyssey and I was listening to some like Mastodon you know <laughs> <laughs> you know some like
1: hard yeah, metal exactly. band I'm like yeah it's funny it's Sorry. time to jump up in the air um, <laughs> Um and then I also started because um, I've never like really played all the way through Mario 64. Okay and so you know with with Odyssey coming out and giving me the, kind of that itch and um, I wanted to play that so I was gonna play it on my 3ds and uh, then I realized once I jumped into the game that on Mario 64DS you start as Yoshi Yeah. You don't start as Mario. I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? You know, like... I get that you want to add characters in the game, but basically just make it so that I can choose to play... You know, once I unlock Yoshi and Wario and Luigi, let me play, choose to play it then, but don't, like, force me into it from the start, you know? Yeah. Because they control very differently. It's not just a skin, you know? Yep. Um, and so I, I had to put that down just because it left such a bad taste in my mouth. I might get back to it, but I couldn't... You know, I just couldn't, like... Get into it at that moment. So, um, and then also, kind of a side note, I had to send my 3DS to Nintendo. Oh
0: damn. Um, It
1: was within it was in within warranty. But basically, what happened is um, spilled gravy know, clam- on <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just vomited uh, when I realized I wasn't playing as Mario. Um, when I when you open your clamshell on your DS's, um, you know they click into place. Yeah. And then once they click into place, like they're set at that place, that that, uh, angle or whatever. And so um, what mine was doing is once it would click into place, then it would still have some give, some wobble to the screen. Mm, Um, It wasn't wasn't like where you've seen these DSs where they're just like, you know, like (laughs) flopping. Yeah. Right, exactly. It wasn't like that, but there was some give to it. So I looked it up online and I realized this is a pretty prevalent problem. Um, Basically what happened is Nintendo decided for the new 3DSs, which mine is the Galaxy new 3DS XL, they decided to um, loosen up those hinges a bit so that there wouldn't be so much breakage because it was just such a common problem that people were breaking hinges on their DSs. And so with that being said, it's now a prevalent problem that they just get too loose too easy and they do that little wobble and there's no way i looked up all over the place unless you're you were willing to put like some rubber stops on the back of your ds to like keep it in place there's really no way to break it down and tighten the hinge without like you know taking everything apart basically so um it, like i said it was within warranty and nintendo says uh you know even told me when i was going through the process like hey it's still like like this isn't necessarily uh a big issue like it's still functioning properly you know we meant for this to be the case we wanted this to be the case as opposed to them just snapping snapping so easily but we'll still since you're in warranty we'll still you know tighten it up for you if that's how you want it uh,
0: and the worst part the worst part with nintendo is that all of your software is tied to the the hardware that's the worst part it's like it's even a worse issue because if it breaks all of your stuff is on that specific piece of hardware, you know? It's, oh, ugh. my
1: God, Jared. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm i the parts manager for my company that I work for, and so I am sh- like basically every day shipping out parts um, to people who need them. And so I'm packing. I have tons of bubble wrap. I've got packing tape and all that. And I'll tell you, man, I treated this thing like a newborn infant <laughs> that I was wrapping up into a box it wouldn't be able to breathe in. But yeah. anyways, um, I, you know, had... I put it in like a bubble wrap envelope and then I taped that shut and then I put two layers of bubble wrap around that. And then I put it in a box and like taped it down really snug so it wouldn't (laughs) move at all and then wrote fragile on every single side of the box. Um, So I yeah, like you said, since I'm sending my system off and I don't have cloud saves or anything like that, I'm so afraid that somebody at FedEx is just gonna accidentally stomp on it. Or some dude at Nintendo is going to spill gravy on it or something like that. And they're just going to be like, sorry, we're sending you a new system. Here you go. Um, you know, so I'm worried. I'm very worried about that. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping it's just a quick fix. Um, I've I've anecdotally heard that it can get done pretty quickly. Um, so I sent it up to New York. Hopefully they'll just tighten that screw a little bit for me and I'll get it back soon enough because... Uh, it's definitely, you know, I, it's within warranty, which means that I bought it less than a year ago, and and you know as well as I do that I keep my electronics in pristine condition. So yeah. for it to be flopping around, I was like, no, 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 this is no good. Um, so hopefully that will get uh, fixed and, and I'll be good pretty quick. But, yeah, that was a little, little ordeal I had to deal with. So um, as far as stuff I watched... Let me think here. Um, I think... I don't think I mentioned this uh, since we've had a couple week break, but I watched a couple cool movies. I watched uh, uh, Atomic Blonde. You know, people bill it as being the uh, female John Wick, and um, that's true in in the sense of the action, even though there's less... uh, constant action throughout the movie but it's it's got a way better story it's got a way more intriguing story something that you can really follow a lot better and that isn't just like paper thin so i really enjoyed that aspect of it um and then um, i also watched a movie called super dark times uh, which is this little indie film it's got one of the kids from ozark in it and uh basically um Shit goes down with this group of uh high schoolers and it's just how they react to it and and the way that they handle it for the next couple weeks or whatever and um, really really cool uh movie i definitely recommend it It's something that um you know if you're into psychological thrillers if you're into coming of age tales there's a lot of different genres that it touches on um even moving into horror at some point so i would i would definitely recommend it to just about anybody um and I think that was about it as far as uh, stuff I've been watching. So,
0: yeah. You were saying uh, with Atomic Blonde, uh, I, I want to watch it. It's on my list with, like, John Wick. I've never seen John Wick.
1: Oh, um, gosh, I love John Wick.
0: Yeah, and I'm not an action movie fan, uh, but those two movies, like, get such high praise that I'm, they're on my list of things I need to get to.
1: Yeah, definitely um, worth it. I think I th- you would really like Super Dark Times.
0: That's the one you said with the kid from Ozark, right?
1: Yeah, the, yeah. uh, older brother of the, like, redneck family that Jason Bateman deals with.
0: That's the other, another show I need kid to, to is Ozark. So many things.
1: Oh, I thought you had watched that. I guess Dom recommended no. it. And, um, yeah, uh, dude, like, you were talking about teetering on Taboo. Fucking get to our Ozark <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Fuck Taboo. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Screw you, Taboo. Uh,
0: yeah, it wasn't that. Isn't that a board game? I think Taboo is a board game, isn't it? Um, th- is it sorry. one of those? uh of I, th- I think it's the, like Pictionary like, or something.
1: I thought it was like one of those like cranium type uh, thinking man's board game or whatever. You know, like the here live research almost, on the podcast. Let's see,
0: Taboo is a word guessing and
1: party game. All right. Yeah, I guess I was wrong.
0: Interesting. All right. Now that's your Taboo cast. Anyways, uh, now that we're done with what we've been playing, we've got a long list for all of us. Are right, we're going to be talking about the news. is isn't necessarily a news story, but I just wanted to say real quick it was really interesting seeing that PlayStation reported that they had their best sales of any Black Friday since the PS4 released, um, which is cool. That's awesome. Sold a lot of really good things for Black Friday. Then on top of that, we hear that uh, everyone's reporting that the Nintendo Switch was the best-selling piece of hardware for both Black Friday and Cyber Monday which is really great as well because if you put it into context of if this is PlayStation's best year in four years and the switch is still was the best-selling thing it's really impressive yeah. um, really really impressive uh, it's interesting to see how obviously PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo were gonna turn these numbers however they can to be favorable it's interesting to see what exactly PlayStation counted as sales for for them like they counted specific game sales for ps4 copies of games did they do that in the past is that why they sold more you know with Nintendo mm. what mm. exactly are the numbers to why switch sold the most like I want to get into the actual nitty-gritty of the actual numbers you know what I mean because everyone loves to square right. stuff you know i there's probably was a thing out there saying Xbox has its greatest black Friday ever or something you know yeah <laughs> they like, people like to the, the, but it's still great um, a lot of good deals on black Friday this year I think um, I found a, a lot of pretty good deals, um, for video games anyways, I, didn't, I don't really look into anything else for Black Friday, I'm not a huge Black Friday, Cyber Monday person, um, but yeah, um, as far as the news, a whole lot of news we're not necessarily into super talking about, but we're gonna cover some Game Awards stuff, um, I felt that, you know, Game Awards are right around the corner, it'd be something interesting to talk about, first thing is a new story by way of IGN, uh, Luke Riley reports that PUBG's new desert map will debut at the Game Awards next week. So if you're not familiar with the Game Awards, they're the annual Game Awards show that Jeff Keighley runs. They used to be the Spike Awards on Spike TV. They've moved over to the internet the last couple of years, uh, and it seems like they've gotten bigger and bigger. Uh, their reveals and have better. Yeah, exactly. I agree, and their reveals have been bigger and bigger, and more of them. Um, so we're we're the Game Awards. It's awesome to see these awards get won by these these studios that work really hard on these games, but also it's cool for people who aren't really interested in the award stuff to see all these awesome premieres. Um f- forgive me if I'm wrong, but I haven't watched like the Oscars or the music awards in a long time. Do they ever do like world premieres of anything at those things? No, right? Like trailers for the Oscars? They don't do any of that, right?
1: Well, during the commercial breaks they they do, but not par- as part of the show. Not as know. part of the show, yeah.
0: So that's what I think. That's what's really cool about the Game Awards is that they kind of bake those into the actual show, which is really cool. Um, yeah,
1: and which is honestly why people are interested in it. You know,
0: exactly. Because if this was just an award show without that, all that stuff, yeah, people would watch it, but not the numbers that it draws on Twitch and stuff. People are there for
1: the crazy uh, reveals, right? Obviously. Real quick, Jared, do you remember the year? Of course, it was the year that uh, Kojima wasn't. Um, Kojima wasn't allowed to go to the awards because of Konami yeah um do you remember Jade Raymond making a fucking fool of herself that year at the game awards
0: I remember Randy Pitchford from Gearbox (laughs) making
1: a fool of himself but I don't remember what Jade Raymond did no so she came out and starts like she's clearly like way too drunk to be presenting an award at that point like very very um like just not straight at that point she was definitely oh, wow. um, I know, did not buzzed. catch that I guess yeah and uh, then she starts talking shit about um, about uh, Kiefer Sutherland being Snake and was like you know you'll have to watch the video on YouTube but basically she's like um, trying to like give a shout out to David Hayter, but like Keith or, Kiefer Sutherland had just won an award for Snake and she's like talking shit about him and it was just really like classless and of course like I said she was just Clearly too drunk to be on stage at that point, and I was just like, "Dude, you just lost a ton of respect in my book." So
0: that's crazy. A weird,
1: a weird memory.
0: <laughs> the only thing I remember is when Randy uh, Pitchford they gave him the mic. This was last year. They gave him the mic. Obviously, he's the head of Gearbox for those of you who don't know. The guys who make Borderlands, uh, and they've become a publisher in the last couple of years of some very interesting titles to publish. Um, and he comes out on uh, on the, not necessarily on stage, but like on the side stage, you know? And they get the one right. on him. And he's like, hey guys, Randy Pitchford here from Gearbox. I know you guys are excited about what's in the works. This was after Battleborn came out and was flopping majorly.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, he's like, all of you guys are excited for, for, uh, <laughs> for uh, uh, Borderlands, right? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Everyone's expecting this like Borderlands 3 reveal. Mm. He's like... Let's give you the first look at the Battlestorm remaster published by Gearbox.
1: (laughs) There's a trailer for the Battlestorm remaster. You want to talk about somebody who shouldn't, who has no business doing something? Randy Pitchford is just like, how are you in charge of a major video game company? Like, how, every time I hear that guy talk, I'm like, what is your IQ? Like, I don't understand how you're in charge of people. You know what I mean? He seems like a nice enough guy. I've never heard heard him be a dick to anybody or i've never seen him be mean Ooh, or you haven't like that. seen like, twitter nothing like <laughs> oh I, I didn't even know about that but yeah. he seems like a nice enough guy and then I'm he opens his mouth and i'm like holy shit you're in charge of other people's you know destinies essentially like and he just makes such terrible business decisions with duke nukem and aliens colonial marines and then the bullet storm remaster and of course battleborn as opposed to borderlands 3 it's like Dude, get it together. You know, I just yeah. Ugh. Uh,
0: well, the thing too is, uh, I one of my friends, not the same guy that played Tales with uh, a French Unfold, a different friend, mm. is a huge Borderlands fan. Probably the biggest Borderlands fan I've ever met because he's the only Borderlands yep. fan I've ever met. Uh,
1: Damn, <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke.
0: Um, I'm not a huge fan of Borderlands. It's one of those games that I like to joke about, but it's not. It's not mean or anything. I'm not trying to be like spiteful or angry. It's just. A funny joke I like to have with him, right? Because he likes Borderlands so yeah. much. Just a joke. And I started talking to him recently about, like, you realize that, like, Borderlands 3 is probably going to have microtransactions, right? And yeah. he's like, I don't know about that. I'm like, dude, it's a game where you acquire guns for a studio yeah. and a publisher that hasn't made great decisions recently that needs a little bit of influx of cash. And recently yeah. with the Battlefront 2 stuff, he's like, oh yeah, they definitely are probably going to pull them out now. It's like, maybe not pull them out. But I, I would almost guarantee you that that game is going to have loot crates or boxes or something, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, something of that nature. game made, made for that type of stuff. Exactly. You know? So. Um,
0: but anyways, with Randy Pitchford, he had that whole squabble with the journalist where the journalist is like, I'm hearing reports. It might have been Jason Schreier, maybe not. Uh, so I'm not sure about that. But I remember the, the exact conversation. The, the journalist is like, hey, I'm hearing reports that uh, Battleborn is going to be going free to play and you know gearbox is kind of like relinquishing the f- like finally saying like yeah it was oh, like a yeah, success I remember this. and then randy pitchford was like it's not going free to play and then a week later it's like battleborn will go into an indefinite free trial period <laughs> it's like really you're that petty that okay. you like yeah. i don't that's a whole thing. yeah place. that's not him
1: being an ass that's just him being his regular apparently idiot <laughs> self you know yeah. so
0: uh, anyways uh, <laughs> we've talked about example. we're about the worst of what happens at the game awards but one of the cool things <laughs> is they have some really awesome reveals. Telltale is yeah. known for revealing stuff here. I think they revealed the first season of Walking Dead here. Obviously, they revealed the Batman Telltale game here two years ago. Um, last year, no, it was last year they revealed Batman. Two years ago, they revealed Batman Arkham VR. I'm, I believe that's what it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right.
1: No, because uh, Batman Telltale would have already been out.
0: Not No, nothing. Last year, Batman came out in January of this year. No, you're right. Batman no, no, You're wrong. You're We're wrong. on season two yeah, I'm right wrong. now. Yeah. 2016, yeah, you're, you're right. 20. Everything move it back a year. One year was <laughs> Batman yeah. Arkham VR. The other year was Batman Telltale. You're correct.
1: Right,
0: right. I'm a year. I thought it was 2016 again, apparently. Once he said that, I was like, no. You're pulling a pitch oh, for it on me, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm 100% wrong. Um, anyways, there's some really cool reveals that happen at these shows. Um,. And I kind of want to talk, before we talk about the actual rewards and the nominees, I want to talk real quick about what we expect to see and what are some of the rumors. I'm going to touch on a couple of things and then uh, that we've heard as far as rumblings, and then we can get into like what we would like to see real quick. So, um, as far as the streak of like Batman reveals, some people are anticipating we might see something from WB Montreal and Rocksteady. Uh, this goes with the fact that recently there was a whole LinkedIn profile for somebody who was working as a QA... Um, Consultant on their next game. I don't remember if it was WB Montreal Rocksteady. Forgive me on that I don't remember that specific detail, but what I do remember is on his actual LinkedIn profile It showed that he was working for uh, for them for phase three of their next big game And it basically said it was a Batman game and he was he finished work in May of this year and what phase three detailed in his listing was debugging Final QA testing, basically the stuff you see in the last couple of months of development when they're starting to work towards polish.
1: So How is least- that not a thing at this point, Jared? Where they're like, they these AAA studios when they hire people should say, you know, even a con- clause in their con- contract, yeah. like you can't put anything on LinkedIn until the game, the game is, is officially released. revealed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Jesus, it's uh, all the time that these leaks come out of LinkedIn. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> also, another thing that came out of this whole thing is that. Remember, there was apparently two games uh, at work here, DC games. There was a Suicide Squad game that was canceled, and then the Batman or Superman game, which is kind of went back and forth on what it was. Apparently, once the Suicide Squad game, uh, game was scrapped, uh, they started working on another DC game. So there is still two DC games in development. It's just
1: they scrapped the Suicide Squad game. So that's really yeah. cool for people who are fans of DC because which Suicide Squad would have been an awesome game, you know, regardless yeah. of the movie. I think it would have been... A, yeah, you could I, do a lot of cool stuff with that.
0: I think they just wanted to pull out before they got super deep into it because of the serious backlash of the movie, which is odd. You know, I think you could have still... Suicide Squad wasn't a great movie, but it introduced so many people to those characters right. that I think a game would have been awesome for it. Anyways, uh, that's that's a possible reveal that people are anticipating. People are assuming we might get more of biomuin which is that really interesting raccoon RPG. Rocket raccoon. Yeah. Exactly. Um... I'm trying to think of the other reveals. We also know PUBG. The map is, is coming. We talked about that earlier, the new map. Uh, and the other rumor, I believe, was the uh, Square Enix Avengers deal, or Marvel deal. People anticipate that we might see something about that. In the same breath, people think that we might see something about the, hmm. help me out here, Jordan. What's the name of the, the third Tomb Raider game that was revealed in that train on the laptop? Shadow of the Tomb Raider. People think that we're going to see something from Square Enix. And the last thing as far as rumors and speculation is that Nintendo recently stated, make sure you tune into the Game Awards, which people are insinuating that there's going to be a, a reveal. I don't really think there's going to be a reveal. The big thing there is that they're probably going to give the release date for the Zelda DLC, considering it's supposed to come out in December and we don't have a release yeah, date yet. The, like, <laughs>
1: it's, yeah. it's ridiculous, this little cat uh, and mouse game they're on, playing.
0: On top of the fact, we're not going to get a reveal here because it was kind of already spoiled that the there's going to be the January Switch Connect. I don't know if you saw this. Do you see this news? So, the
1: Switch Direct? Yeah, uh, a Switch, the big you January connect. Switch Direct. Sorry, It's I was like, bad. wait, are they about to introduce a camera <laughs> so that, you know, tracks my, my movements? My bad,
0: my bad. The Nintendo Switch Direct is going to be happening in January. The reason people found out about this is because there was this PR email that went out to employees of EA basically showing... Um, their, you remember the thing that leaked for Mario Plus Rabbids last year of, like, their roadmap? The remember art. that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the roadmap where it's like, sell them on the game, and it's like, people are, like, it oh, by it. You're talking, like really... yeah,
1: you're talking about, like, the, the slideshow uh, yeah. pictures, yeah.
0: Yeah. The, this was basically an email like that that was sent to EA employees, and it featured A Way Out, which is the really cool co-op uh, game that we saw, and Fee. Prison Break game. Yeah, and Fee, or fee, however it's pronounced. I think it's Faye. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Both of them, and it was interesting because the majority of the email was dedicated to Faye, um, which is the game you, you were like, where the hell is that game? It's coming to Switch, Jordan. In that email, it says it's nice. coming to Switch. It's going to be revealed that it's coming to Switch at that January direct. It says it in the ti- the official timeline of like the roadmap of like revealed world exclusive at the Nintendo uh, January uh, uh, unannounced <laughs> uh, event.
1: Um, that game does not look big budget enough to warrant this long of a development cycle, even if it is gonna come on Switch. You know, it's, it,
0: also it's I don't weird. I don't think they ever announced. Unlike Microsoft, who was kind of upfront about like, there's like two or three people working on Cuphead. I don't think we ever even got told how many people were working on Fae.
1: Yeah. So uh, it could be knows? a
0: couple of people, and they're struggling with it. I don't know. Anyways, that whole EA originals thing—it's weird. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, that's why I think it's not going to be a crazy reveal of Nintendo. That being said, those are some of the rumors and speculation. What do you think, expect, or want to see? Some people are speculating Death Stranding, which I'm like, no. <laughs>
1: no. Well, first so I was going to say... The Kojima
0: relationship makes sense, but I still say no.
1: Sorry. I was going to say I think it's too early for the Avengers game. Yeah, I little agree bit there. still too early for that. Yep. And um, then, you know... Fucking at some point, we got to get this DC game or a DC game, you <laughs> right. know, like, yeah, whether it's Superman, Batman, Justice League, whatever. Um, you know, I there's been plenty of evidence that there was a Superman game in development at some point over at WB Montreal with all this concept artwork and like Superman specific concept artwork, yep. not just Justice League, it was like his villains and Metropolis and all that. Um, so if if I had to take a guess at what it would be, I would say Superman. Um, I think Shadow of the Tomb is not a bad guess because uh, it's been a decent amount of time for that series. Um, but, you know, still don't even know if that's a real thing or whatever. That, you know, even though somebody's found that on a laptop of somebody who they thought was working there, it, it could still be fake, you know, yeah. that leak that we got. Um, and obviously... Um, De- uh, Idas, Montreal, and uh, Crystal Dynamics just have a lot going on right now with the uh, Marvel deal that they've made. So, who knows with that? Um, but, um, let's see. Um, you know, if there was going to be a Bloodborne 2, that would be a PSX. Um, you would hope, anyways. I'm
0: it would be really hoping. Yeah. It's been almost yeah. three
1: years since that game came out, so it's fucking time, you know. Um, Let's see.
0: I have a couple of things that I would like to see, Mm. if I could interject real quick. Go ahead, yeah, sure. So, uh, I I would love to see a release date for either Sea of Thieves or uh, State of Decay 2. Neither of those have release dates yet. Um, Obviously, Xbox doesn't have a PSX, so this is their last chance before the year to strike down um, some release dates. Um, It would be
1: weird if Xbox had a PlayStation experience, that's for sure.
0: Exactly, yeah, um, <laughs> which the whole PSX thing is super strange this year, of like, it's very interesting to see how P- uh, PlayStation is handling splitting out their their content and stuff, it's really strange. Yeah. Um, I don't know
1: why they, because they, they skipped Paris Games Week last year, it's like, why did you why did you feel the need to go back to that, why couldn't that stuff just have been PSX, you know, who knows.
0: Yeah, um, so I, I, I hope we see a release date for either of those games, yeah. Um, because Xbox is in such dire need of having a awesome showing at E3 next year of their exclusive IP, we're not going to see any new first-party game from Xbox at, at Game Awards. That's a 0% chance.
1: Um, and I'm also thinking there's just not going to be much PlayStation stuff. Like, you're not going to see yeah, Days exactly. Gone because they would have that for PSX. Days yeah. Gone.
0: Even Spider-Man, I think, is a, is a far reach. Um, out of all the first-party uh, Sony games, I think Spider-Man is the most likely, but I still don't think you see... Days Gone, or uh, maybe Detroit uh, become human, but Spider-Man is a far reach. Do you think God of War gets a release date there? Or do you like, think that's well, PSX? Well, like I said, I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think yeah.
1: anything PlayStation really, and especially because um, you know the big complaint with PSX was that we saw more of stuff that yeah. we basically already seen before with a lot of those games, and that we didn't have release dates. So, yeah, I would say save all that for PSX and. There's really no reason. There's going to be plenty of other stuff. You're just going to get your stuff drowned out almost. Yeah. Because um, there's just going to be so much other stuff there.
0: I think another cool announcement wouldn't be necessarily be a new game, but I would love if Nintendo unveils their next, if they're going to have a next, their next Wii U port. If that's Mario Maker or Captain Toad Treasure Tracker or Smash or whatever, that would be
1: cool. As long as it's not some totally wasteful port like pokemon dx DX. pokemon pokemon tournament dx yeah um two things that i was thinking of that are very i think pretty likely are uh remedy's new game yeah um especially since you know that they're not going to be you know tied to exclusivity and so they're project seven uh, i think free free agents yeah because it's their seventh game and then um maybe uh the, even though they may not want to overlap with the one that's currently going on, they may uh, unveil Life is Strange 2. I could see that coming out.
0: Ooh, um, yeah.
1: But they don't have Episode Ooh. 3 or the bonus Max episode of Before the Storm out yet, so who knows.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I would love to see something more from Metro Exodus, but that might be something where Microsoft's like, No, we want we want you to go big at, uh, at E3 next year, because obviously yeah. they started their show. Um, right. Man, there was something else you brought up that clicked for me and I can't remember what it was as far as game reveals. I completely lost it. what was the first thing you said? I'm trying to think of the Remedy cause...
1: Remedy and then Life is Strange too. Remedy,
0: so I had to do something with Remedy, a studio like Remedy. Oh man, I lost my train of thought. There was once you said Remedy, I thought of another studio that's like Remedy. Um, and they had a new property that was in the works it escaped me whatever
1: quantum uh, break 2 is probably what you' were thinking of Jared I wish oh man 2015's best game gets a sequel hell yeah
0: man when people talk about xbox one exclusives and they don't bring up quantum break
1: oh I know I know <sighs> it has no great exclusives well let me introduce you to my pals sunset overdrive and quantum break friends
0: yeah like and people talk about like go ahead the weird tv thing it's like well did you even play the game like you can yeah. sit there and you don't play need the- to
1: I, I think the TV thing was solid. It really was not bad. Yeah, it was I agree. decent. Yeah. But I'd say, you know, if you're playing it at this point, like with the 4K Xbox One X update or whatever, just skip the TV thing and enjoy the game, really.
0: Even just the game by itself without that TV stuff, I thought was so great, man. Oh, yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. Um, I definitely oh. think that the TV thing was a misstep. I think <laughs> the game would probably have been more popular without it, you know.
0: So please forgive me, because I love Remedy. But I thought about these people people in the same plane of existence, and I don't think it's anywhere close. So please forgive me, Jordan. But imagine, (laughs) I think this is very unlikely, but I would love to see your reaction to this. Uh, Record the YouTube video. Uh, Imagine if CD Projekt Red showed up with Cyberpunk, man. Mm, mm. That would be a huge get for Jeff Keighley. I I highly doubt that would happen. I'm not saying it's even likely. But I could just imagine people, if that reveal happened
1: oh man yeah that would be a show dude you know cyber project is in or cyber project (laughs) cyber project red um cd project is in a weird position with cyberpunk 2077 because they revealed it you know like way before witcher 3 came out yeah way too CG trailer and then they've been giving uh like really minor updates just basically a uh keeping people abreast of the fact that they're still working on it, like, you know, keeping people from thinking it's gone or whatever. Um, but, yeah, they've... they've, uh, I'd say they've botched that, kind of like how uh, EA did with Mass Effect Andromeda. So I think yeah. that they've got a, uh, an uphill climb bringing that game back into awareness, even though, you know, like, they've had a couple of responses to uh, criticisms recently where they've written blog posts and they usually, you know... Uh, mentioned Cyber Project. Cyber Project. <laughs> God damn it. Cyberpunk 2077. Or like when they had the leaks, that they were like, no, it's totally changed since then. Um, yeah, they've just got it's in a weird situation. So I hope that they don't. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I'm sure that game will be awesome and will have plenty of recognition and sell plenty. Um, writing off the success of The Witcher. But it's weird the way that they've. Um, we don't know handling if handling it thus far.
0: We don't know if this game's coming out in the next year, year and a half, or another three years. Like, we really don't know where it sits, yeah. you know?
1: I'd say earliest would be fall 2018 of, you know, next year, yeah. and then um, if not, I definitely think you'll get it in 2019.
0: I would love, like, an unveiling trailer of, of it, but if we were to get something, the most likely thing I think we would get is, like... A 32 minute long trailer that's kind of like a, a hype thing and maybe at the end it's like we can't wait to show you more E3 or something you know I don't think it'll be a huge unveiling of like you know here's the game or you know whatever so
1: you were talking about the timeline of release for that game that's another weird thing too because um, you know you would say oh well Witcher 3 came out spring of 2015 so maybe we're looking at you know spring 2018 or oh, no. maybe fall 2018 but then you got to realize they had two gigantic expansions. Yep. Um, Blood and Wine is basically its own fucking RPG. Um, like, 30 to 40 hour RPG. So, um, they basically made another game since Witcher 3 came and out. And they have a and part then, of their team
0: working on Gwent, too.
1: And they have part of a whole of team, other but, game yeah. coming out, which is Gwent. I'm sure it's not a huge part of their team, but they are still not. like Part of the reason that they've got some criticism yeah. recently was because they were just trying to... Uh, upscale their studio so quickly that some things seem to fall to the wayside. So, um, And that's not even to mention the fact that they, when PS4 Pro came out, they're like, yeah, we're not doing a patch for Witcher 3 just because we want to spend as much time as we can right now and manpower on Cyberpunk, not Project. Um, and uh, then Xbox One X comes out and they're like, yeah, hell, we'll do it. So they did a patch for both Xbox One X and PS4 Pro on Witcher 3, which uh, by all accounts is a great patch, but you know that's more resources and time not being spent on Cyberpunk. So who knows where that game's release is at?
0: Man, I would as a as a as a guy who owns an Xbox, I would love to see that unveiled during the during the uh, the Xbox showcase. Just because I think, yeah, I think that would mean more for it being on Xbox's stage than PlayStation's because. Well.
1: I just think Microsoft would treat it better than Sony would, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And, like, yeah, I agree with you. Um, they're, they're plates more open to give it, like... I think Microsoft would be way more open to, like, hey, here's, like, 15 minutes of our press conference, 20 minutes of our press conference, you know? Whereas, like, with Sony, we've seen they're kind of, like, stingy on time. to Even some of their own properties that yeah. are first-party emails. Very,
1: very yeah. much so. And there's precedent for that because they revealed Gwent on the Xbox stage, yep. so who knows? Yeah,
0: exactly and people are i think some people are speculating like oh the reason they decided to do the update for the Xbox One X uh, instead of doing it right away for the PS4 Pro is cuz they have a closer relationship with Xbox and they reference the Gwen thing i just think the Xbox One X is obviously more powerful you know statistically yeah. it made so it like, more worth it exactly i agree that's all i think that's all it boils down to
1: um right. So as far and if as you're going to do the Xbox One X batch, you might as well yeah, do because you, well exactly. you know the PS4 Pro is like the halfway point, so it's probably not that tough. Exactly. The, the I think it deal. just gave
0: them more of a reason, you know, enough of a yeah. kick in the us to do it. Um, the tukis. The tuchus. Uh We're going to be going over a couple of the uh, the, sorry, the categories for the game awards, and we're going to discuss them and say you know talk about whether or not we feel something was left off the list. I'm going to gonna tell you the, the topics we're going over. If there's a category I missed that you want to specifically go over, Jordan, just chime in. But the ones I want to sure. specifically talk about are best score in music, best art direction, best narrative, best game direction, game of the year, and best independent game. Is there anything else that I'm missing that you would want to talk about?
1: Sorry, could you repeat those one more time?
0: Yeah. Best independent game, best score music, Art Direction, Narrative, Game Direction, and GOATI.
1: Is the there o- a Best RPG category?
0: Uh, let's see here. Uh, yes, Best RPG's on this list. I'd like to talk about that if you don't mind. Okay, and I'm also going to add, uh, where is it, where is it? Uh, I said Best Performance, right? Maybe I didn't. I want to add Best Performance. Yeah, yeah, you didn't. Okay, I want to I talk about Best Performance too. Um, because on this list, I, I it's it's very interesting. Um, so I want to talk about that as well. We'll start at the bottom though, which is best role-playing game. So the nominees for best role-playing game are Final Fantasy 15, NieR Automata, Persona 5, South Park: The Fractured Butthole, and Divinity: Original Sin 2. Um, this is interesting. Obviously, Final Fantasy 15 came out after the Game Awards last year, so that's why it's on this list. If you're wondering, like Final Fantasy 15, why the hell is this that game on this list? Um, right. I haven't played any of these games. Um, The only RPG I've played that would probably come close to this list and I don't even think it should be on this list is AC Origins. Um, And maybe I'm not recalling something. Obviously, I didn't play Horizon Zero Dawn. uh, Which, they have it on the best action adventure. So, I don't know. I also consider that an RPG, but maybe I'm wrong. I haven't played the game. Um, It is a bit of a
1: lighter RPG. I'll give them that.
0: Yeah. the one thing that I see people talking about is they're like, oh yeah, Persona 5, Near Automata, South Park, whatever. People aren't really talking about Divinity Original Sin 2 because it's a PC yeah. RPG. And dark everything, Horse, for sure. Exa- everything I'm hearing about this game is like, people who love PC RPGs are astounded by the depth of this game. Um, yeah. And I think it is definitely the Dark Horse of people aren't really talking about it because a lot of the people in the industry, at least the people I follow, and the more prominent ones aren't PC-centric people, so this is a right. game that's completely getting lost in them. I'll be quite honest, the only person I have, I've seen even mention this game is Ben Moore from Easy Allies, and uh, yeah. he talks about this game, and the way he talks about it is um, very interesting. So, uh, is there anything you feel that's been left off this list, or who do you think is going to win? Uh, for me, I think Persona 5 is the, the easy pick. I don't know if it's going to win, but if I was a betting man, that's what I'd choose.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I don't necessarily have an issue with uh, Horizon not being on there because it is definitely more of an action RPG. It's not yeah. a super deep RPG. There's certain mechanics that kind of just aren't there um, that most RPGs would have, especially of the open world variety, of the Western variety. So there's that. Um, trying to think if there's anything that I feel really got snubbed there.
0: It's hard for me to think of um, RPGs this year that, like, super stand out. You know,
1: well, and and also just the the RPGification exactly. of the games yeah. industry. You yeah. know, where it's like you could you could throw Madden in there, and it's Ghost Recon an RPG.
0: Wildlands has a level up system. You know,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. and they've got character customization, and they've got uh, a lot of the hallmarks of RPG. It's definitely leaked into a lot of. Uh, other genres so um, yeah I don't necessarily think that there's anything that really got uh, snubbed I think you know Persona 5 is probably going to win that category but like I said uh, Divinity could easily be that dark horse that sneaks in
0: Yeah, I I'm that would
1: probably be the snub if it wasn't on the list people would probably be uh, upset about people that,
0: would be pissed it? yeah uh, next up on the list going up in order uh, we have best independent game uh, I think this is a pretty stacked category uh, I think a lot of great indie games came out this year uh, on this list we have cuphead which I love uh, it's actually in my game of the year um, you know list of like possibly being my game of the year personally we have Hellblade's newest sacrifice which I wish I could play on my Xbox but unfortunately I can't it's totally I love the price point and obviously you can speak to this game right sure
1: yeah it's uh, well it was definitely my most anticipated game that went down a little bit when i realized what kind of what was going on with the combat system it is way too simplistic and it is kind of um upsetting the fact that uh, ninja theory is so well known for their combat mechanics and this game is um you know basically half the length of a normal triple a game because it is like this hybrid indie triple a game um, so I definitely feel like that is my biggest complaint with it because obviously everyone's talked about how great it deals with mental illness and the atmosphere and the, um, wonderful character acting that the developer from Ninja Theory has done, um, as Sinua. So, um, yeah, I, that's my biggest disappointment was just that, you know, they're known for Heavenly Sword and DMC and it just sucks that that's, like, the weakest part of the game. It's really just uh, two-button combat, and um, if you got the parry down, you're really not going to have very many encounters that you have too much trouble with. So that's Ninja my biggest... Ninja Theory
0: did Enslaved of, as well, right?
1: Yeah, which yeah. I haven't played, can't speak to, I like but that it doesn't game. necessarily I've sound it. like um, it's, you know, one of their strongest combat games, you know? It's, but, yeah...
0: I definitely think it's one of the more underrated games. I loved enslaved. Oh um, sure, sure. Yeah, I think with N- Ninja Theory, it's all perspective, right? I think if this was a studio like Giant Sparrow, or somebody who's known for like a uh, a walking sim, or you know coming from that genre up to Hellblade, I think would be like, whoa, this is crazy. But I th- right. the perspective of you seeing them for what they're previously known for, it's kind of like a step down, you know, as far as like what you yeah, because they're out more of, of, of a games. double A
1: developer, yeah, you know mid tier and definitely um glad to see that this game is getting so much love at uh the game awards this year it's just like i said it didn't necessarily hit the points that i was hoping it would hit i was feeling more like they were almost because you're going through like almost hell in a sense um you're kind of going through the norse version of it i definitely felt like um they were almost leaning into like a Ninja Theory Bloodborne type deal, and that's just not at all what I got. So it's probably just partly my expectations, but yep. you know, looking at the studio's pedigree, I don't think those were necessarily uh, unwarranted. So, like I said, I'm really glad it's getting all this love here, and also um, it has done well as far as word of mouth and and its critical acclaim. So I'm excited to see how that propels them into the future and what they do next.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we Cuphead, Hellblade: a Sacrifice, uh, Night in the Woods, which is a game I've wanted to get to. I love the art style. Um,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I haven't heard a single negative thing about it. I've heard people say like maybe as far as like putting it up to the likes of Hellblade or Cuphead or the next two things I'm going to get to, it might not rank up there with them in some people's opinions. But like, sure. uh, For me, I I haven't heard really anything negative. People have a lot of
1: positive to say about it. Um, I think Cuphead's gonna get a win maybe even a couple in other categories because it got nominated so much so i think this thing is absolutely going to cuphead but um but night in the woods is certainly something that people have been positive on it's just kind of another one of those games that i've been talking about this episode which is um yeah it looks cool enough to me but if i bought it it would be very low on my priority list
0: yeah, it's like I think I would have gone to this super fast in like twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen, but like this year especially, sure. it's like it, it's very low on the list. Um,
1: and I'm thinking this game's a shoe in for PS Plus, so I'm not too worried about it, you know.
0: I hope it's a shoe in for Switch, man. I would love to play this game on Switch. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, Pyre from Supergiant Games, which obviously there we go, baby. i got a lot of love. Uh, once again I think it's one of those I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say it's on the same level as Night in the Woods but I do think it's like, it's great that it got a nomination I think it has a very low chance of winning this award unfortunately. It is
1: the dark horse though Yeah. You know, because it's it, it deserves it, you know, even up next to Cuphead and Hellblade I think uh, Pyre comes from a studio that is like only growing stronger with each game and so um, if you haven't checked out uh, Pyre I would definitely recommend it that's the best way to put it.
0: And the last one on this list is What Remains of Edith Finch. And, uh, this, this game is the only one on this list I think that has gotten a decent amount of mixed reviews. Like, obviously there's a ton of people who love love it, but I have seen some people that are like, it's it's good. You know, not that it's yeah, great. Yeah, that's,
1: that's kind of how I feel about it. I think yeah. the people that love it, it's overrated in that circle just because, um, I think the Giant Sparrow, um, hype was pretty big coming off of Unfinished Swan and then um, the fact that it was PlayStation exclusive and the fact that it is um, leaning pretty hard into an interesting concept um, but I didn't necessarily think that it totally nailed that and I also didn't think that it totally nailed um, kind of the story and the um, the interesting parts of the game I kind of wish they had just gone with further as opposed to like these vignettes where you're just getting these Um, almost random mechanics for each individual character. I I guess what I'm saying is I wanted to know more of the story of the family in general and not more of the story of just these uh, individual members because you really have to piece it together if you want to know really what's going on with the family. And it's very um, open-ended as far as your interpretation. So um, it's just kind of um, not my... um, It didn't totally jive with me one thing i'm interested that isn't nominated on this list that i would think could totally take the place of uh night in the woods is tacoma
0: yeah, that got mixed reviews too man i think it's just a night in the sure woods i'd say it's on positive. the level
1: of yeah i'd say it's on the level of, of what you're talking about with edith finch but still yeah. i think it was regarded well enough to, oh yeah i agree yeah um look for a nod.
0: Man, know. that's another game I need to get to. Like, ugh.
1: It's um, to, I really enjoyed it, so yeah. Yeah, I'd recommend it.
0: Yeah, that's another game that could have been on this list too. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I think Cuphead's gonna uh, probably going to win this. I wouldn't be surprised to see Hellblade, but my bet's probably with sure. Cuphead. Um, sure. The one thing I love about the Independent uh, Game Award every year, none of these games have the same art style. None of these games are really right. even remotely alike for the most part, and that's what I love. It's like I love seeing these indie games that like are so unique to their to, to their own thing, you know? Um,
1: well, that's but, where most of the creativity comes from the industry, just because they're not uh, so worried about, uh, you know, the sales figures and the big budgets that that don't uh, come with these games. So um, that's why they're able to do that, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, a couple of these we're going to go a little quick on, because um, I still want to have a good discussion about Goaty. So we're not going to go super long on these. The reason I wanted to bring up this one specifically, score music, is because A, I know you're a big music guy, obviously. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention, so real quick, the nominees, Cuphead, Destiny 2, Nier Automata, Persona 5, Super Mario Odyssey, and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. The reason I want to talk about this from my perspective is I don't understand why Breath of the Wild is on this list.
1: Um, Yeah, you do, Jared. It's because people have rose-tinted glasses for Nintendo, specifically Zelda, and they're just... Even if that game has probably the least iconic music of the entire series, they're just you know dying to give it more well, love than it even deserves.
0: Here's the thing: so I haven't played Near Automata and I haven't played Persona Five. Cuphead, I played and loved. I think that score music deserves to be on here from the aspect of, I think it's very high quality music and a uh, that's a and b it doesn't sound really like anything else. Which that's not yeah. necessarily why it deserves an award, but I do think they did such a good job of presenting music that you don't normally hear in video games, and it's done really well, especially even like. The audio design, which is a different category. Um, Destiny 2, I think it's on this list because it has very triumphant music. Uh, I think a lot okay. of the a lot of the sections of this game, the set pieces, have good music. And Bungie's kind of always been good at that. Um, mm-hmm. Super Mario Odyssey, some people can make the argument that a lot of the, the best music on it is remixes or retellings of, um, of old Mario games and old Mario tr- uh, soundtracks. But you can't tell me you listen to Pauline sing that, that theme song. And one Up something.
1: Girl? Yeah, that's why it's, it's on there, for sure. Exactly.
0: The thing with Legends of the Breath of the Wild is, like, I'm down on the game. I'm not a huge fan of it, obviously. But even if I was, when I talk about all the positives I like with that game, sound isn't one of them, man. Like, the music specifically, for this guy, like, I just, this, it doesn't, it's, I, it's very strange that it's on this list, because, like,
1: there's, like It's some, barely there at all.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah
1: i think um yeah like there's a reason that it's on that list and it's not the quality of the music like i mentioned earlier so there's that but then um i think you know cuphead's the obvious deserving winner here um and then you know of course shout out to persona 5 i didn't get too far into that game just because um you know the big thing with persona games is they just take so long to get through the tutorial like hours and hours and um That just wasn't really jiving with me at the time. So um, I am absolutely positive I will play Persona 5 at one point. But one thing I am not confused about is the fact that it has an incredible score. So, yeah, soundtrack. So um, if anything uh, deserved it besides Cuphead, it would be Persona. But I'd say, you know, Cuphead pulls away here.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you there. And like, I wouldn't say necessarily I would expect or think Destiny 2 deserves it. But I can totally see why it's on the nominees, and I just don't understand sure. Breath of the Wild. Like, that's such a weird thing to me.
1: Yeah, um, I agree.
0: So, uh, the second-to-last one I want to talk about real quick, uh, best game direction. Obviously, it's for ga- the game direction of the game. Um, the nominees are Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, which is getting tremendous praise. Um, it seems like it, it's, it was one of the top-selling games for Black Friday, which is good, because when it originally came out in October, it didn't do too well on MPD. Obviously that's going to happen right. when you release next to Zelda and uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm glad to see Mario. that's such a huge... Uh, yeah, exactly. W- what did I say? Did I say Mario? Zelda. Zelda, sorry. Um, it, it sold a ton on Black Friday, which is really good. Um, I didn't haven't played the game, so I can't speak to its game direction, but I'm not surprised it's on this list. Zelda Breath of the Wild... It is what it is. Uh, yeah. Super Mario Odyssey, which for me is up there for GOATI right now competing with Cuphead. I think the game direction is absolutely brilliant. I can go on and on about this game. I've talked about it before. I don't want to you know, talk and talk about it. Um, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which I think is really cool that it's on this list because as far as game direction goes, it took this franchise that people were worried about where it was going next and put it in first person and really surprised people with its quality. People complain yeah. about the third act of the game and I, I, I see their complaints and stuff, but they act as if that third act is so bad to the point where it, it relinquishes this game from even being talked about as a top game this year. And nah. It's really
1: bothering me. Yeah. My yeah. my issue was just some of the boss battles specifically, the yeah. chainsaw one. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, it's just weird, like people are talking like some of these other games get criticisms like, Oh no, but it's still like an eight or a nine and then with Resident Evil Seven they're like the, the, it seems like those weigh it down more versus other games, which kind of sucks to Yeah, me.
1: and then lastly, and just a, just a side note, I think Resident Evil Seven is the Force Awakens of Resident Evil. Like, it's not gonna go down as the best Resident Evil game, very, but it just I gets like them back to yeah, it gets yeah. them back to square one. Whereas you know the prequels basically ruined Star Wars, and then things like Resident Evil Six kind of ruined Resident Evil. So they're yeah. just trying to get it back to where they can move forward.
0: And just like with uh, Force Awakens, people who, because people tend to forget, it's been a long time since the original trilogy, a long time for Star Wars, and everyone just yeah. doesn't grow up watching that original trilogy. For some people, they just don't like mm. watching old movies, and you could say, those are classics, you should watch them. That's not how everybody thinks. I think right. Force Awakens, just like Resident Evil 7, for people who didn't play those clunky old Resident Evil games... Right. It introduces him to the series in a great way, so that's awesome. I really like. Yeah, it's like, very like
1: good. It. You know, with a series that has a pretty thick lore, I think it does a great job of not of having those callbacks, even lore callbacks, and then um, you know, mechanical combat callbacks to the older games for fans. But it also does a great job of introducing new players like myself. So
0: great. Yeah, job. And the last nominee on here is Horizon Zero Dawn. Obviously. I think they're on this list because as, in terms of game direction, they did a 180. They were known for the Killzone yeah. games. They were known for the shooters that were kind of like looked at as like trying to push technical limits for, for PlayStation hardware, uh, or you know, obviously there was like launch titles for the most part, and they didn't really sell as much as Sony expected, and I think Guerrilla got the, like the, the crap end of the stick of being the studio that makes Killzone, And they're like, no, we have talent, we'll show you. And they come out with Horizon Zero Dawn, and though I haven't played it, it's evident that this is a great game, and it shows that their game direction, they're more than just a first-party FPS studio that makes a game people forget every year, you know? They can make a new IP with an awesome new character that people have already fallen in love with. Go ahead and talk about Horizon and why it deserves to be on this list for, you know, game direction.
1: Well, I think it deserves to win. Actually, um, out of all those nominees, I think it it's uh, head above the rest. But um, just the reason I love Horizon so much is mostly the the world and the environment that you're in. I made the joke that um, because of the fact that Z- uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild is like uh, kind of like this um, kind of kind of a Force Awakens in a sense, like a big callback for the series and this like this um kind of like um almost revolution for the series i think you could call that um it would be funny if it was called zelda zero dawn and then horizon breath of the wild because horizon <laughs> has such a living breathing environment that you're in that it really especially in 4k on the pro it feels like you know you could feel the wind coming off of these um off the grass in front of you or the the snow falling in front of you it just feels so alive it really does feel like a breath of the wild in your face and so um that's my favorite part but then there's also um the really fun mechanics of hunting these robots even though i think they're just just uh too overpowered and um there's just some some weird stuff with like the hitboxes and just how they could jump about 50 fucking yards and you can be dodging as much as possible and they'll still, they just they they swing their tail around so fucking um, in such a big swoop that it's just damn near impossible to get out from under them no matter what you do, um, so that would be probably my biggest complaint, but the combat is still solid nonetheless and the character's great, the story's solid even though it's not the high point um, but yeah, there's there's, I could go on and on with this, there's certainly a lot to be loving in Horizon Zero Dawn
0: well, the crazy thing is, this whole thing of Gorilla and Horizon Zero Dawn and its success has kind of set a precedent for a lot of these publishers to look at their their first party, you know, in house devs and be like, maybe we should let them spread their wings and try something else. People yeah. forgot this kind of slid under the rug. People always talk about Xbox exclusives, yada yada yada. Playground Games confirmed a couple of weeks ago that they're working on an open world action role playing game. They're the developers of Forza Horizon, hmm. so. That's really That's cool. Interesting. That's very That's exciting really cool. for me because obviously we don't know if the game's going to be good. You never know. Sure. But for me, seeing what Guerrilla was able to do when they were able to, you know, expand what they're doing and try something else, uh, and they nailed sure. it, I'm really excited to see what Playground Games does. Um, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Guerrilla is a, a European studio, right?
1: Yeah, they are in, um, um, f- wow, did I really just forget the name of this place? They're in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Um quick note on case, horizon so that's cool yeah good yeah um i just wanted to say that this is my game of the year unless for some reason um, xenoblade chronicles 2 which is about to come out here tonight um just comes out of left field uh, which i just don't think it's going to do <laughs> i think it's going to be a great game but i don't yeah. think it's going to be a horizon horizon is my game of the year i love mario odyssey um but i do think that it beats it out um you know if not um you know, there's a lot to love about, I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot to love about Mario Odyssey, but I just love Horizon a little bit more, you know and yeah. Zelda's certainly not really even in the running for me, so yeah Well,
0: interesting for everybody out there before we get into the Game Awards nominees for Game of the Year the way we do it is usually um, it's by committee and we all kind of present what we, our list for Game of the Year and based on the way the numbers work is what decides our Game of the Year I always think that's the fairest thing uh, we also don't yeah. put anything on there that we haven't played because that obviously doesn't make sense. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be that all three of us have played it, but if you've played it, you put it on your list, obviously. Um, right. Yeah, so I'm excited to see where that shakes out. If I was, if I was gonna guess, I would assume Horizons probably gonna be our goatee, just because I know Dom is so high on it and you're so high on it, and obviously I haven't played it. Um, but you never but know.
1: Mario's your game, right?
0: Exactly. Uh, I don't know, man. Cuphead's right there too. Um, it's it's very yeah. tough for me different reasons why I just as I think about it we're not going to do it till like January so I have like the whole holiday you never know something I might get to might pass it you know if I get Wolfenstein 2 and I absolutely love it that might be up there too not out of the realm of possibility um, as far as game of the year though for game awards we have Horizon Zero Dawn Persona 5 PUBG Super Mario Odyssey Breath of the Wild um, I've only played Odyssey I, I'll play PUBG by the time we do our godi I don't think that'll be on my list um, just to be honest with you, I'll, I, I'm probably gonna love it and enjoy it, but as far as like being goatee, I don't know. And then obviously, where do
1: you fall on the argument of whether it should even be nominated since it's not technically fully out yet?
0: If we have a category called Best Ongoing Game for games that are continuing to update themselves, I don't understand why an early access game can't be on the list. In my opinion, uh, it's a, people are saying it hasn't reached its its final release. It's a game that people can buy, that people are having a lot of fun with. That's being that's being critically acclaimed. I think it all comes down to your specific parameters for Godi. Do I think it deserves to be nominated? Yeah, I, I think that whole conversation's dumb. Does it deserve to win? Not necessarily, in my opinion. Um, I just my thing. Go ahead. Uh, the thing I was in the, the thing I was gonna say is like I think people get too caught up on, uh saying that it's not polished or stuff like that, and the whole argument of... uh I don't like the argument that it has to check all the boxes. I think that argument's kind of invalid for me personally. Um, yeah. Because ga- different games do different things. And there's a whole argument for Godie is, is it the best all-around game, or is it the game that had the biggest impact in the industry that year? Move the industry forward. I don't think PUBG did either of those, necessarily, but it had well, a then huge I, Yeah, guys, so... Yes. I would
1: say it's got to be the best overall game because what moved the industry forward the most, you could say maybe Hellblade because it got people to focus on exactly. mental yeah. health, you know, stuff like yeah. that. So my thing is similar to what Andrea Renee said on the Kind of Funny Games Daily show is just that um, I, I really don't care whether it's in early access or not. That's not really important yeah. to me, but it is, um, it's not even the jank. It's just the fact that there's so much of it that doesn't live up to what I consider... Um, needing to meet the quality standards of Game of the Year. Like, it's not just the fact that there's glitches. It's not just the fact that it looks like a PS2 game. It's not just the fact that it isn't out um, fully at this point, and that it is in early access. But there's just so much, like, the UI is garbage to me. The character models look terrible, and the, the way you interact, like, with um, the menus, the user experience, I would say, is, looks, like, pretty bad. Um, the does it have I guess it has controller support right?
0: yeah you can plug in a controller and play it on PC you'll get right. smoked by people with the keyboard and mouse but you can do it Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: but um, there's just a lot of things that it doesn't necessarily hit on I can't speak to like the music obviously or the, <laughs> the tactile game experience but yeah. I'm assuming it doesn't have like you know
0: it doesn't have a soundtrack or anything, no, no.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it just seems like there, it's. it doesn't have to check every box, like what you were saying, the yeah. argument you're arguing against, but um, to me it's almost like it barely checks any of the boxes at all. So how can you say that this is the best game overall of the year? For, you know?
0: for me, the the closest connection that PUBG has to a game is Minecraft. And the thing is, is right. I think Minecraft could have easily won Game of the Year um, for a bunch of places, and I think it deserved it. I think it's in a completely different category than PUBG for a lot of the reasons you talked about. I think Minecraft is kind of on the same level as does it deserve it? But I think when you actually look into it, I think Minecraft, you know, definitely has a lot more of a case as to why it could have been Game of the Year than this. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think the weirdest this thing. This one too, is. I think. This the, one's just like. It, the It doesn't meet the um, consistency of excellence. You know, if you're talking about Game of the Year for me, it has to be. Um, you know pushing itself into the the boundaries of excellence and some of these other games that we mentioned mario and horizon
0: Horizon absolutely
1: have right they do have um, areas where they are truly excellent and just because uh, a bunch of fucking people on twitch had a blast of a time playing this game this year does not mean that it meets quality standards well, of excellence. You know?
0: Here, here's the thing: I want to get, I want to do a sports <laughs> reference. Well, stay with us, please. Keep listening. <laughs> PUBG on this game of the year list reminds me of the Heisman every year for college football, where Horizon Zero Dawn and Super Mario Odyssey and Zelda: Breath of the Wild and Persona Five these are the these are the players that maybe play for the top teams, had great statistics, had winning seasons, didn't win, didn't lose any games. They're in the college football playoff. They're like, oh yeah, obviously those guys are for the Heisman. Battlegrounds is like. The smaller, the smaller school kid that performed outside of his, uh, his peers and dominated, and when it comes down to it and he's standing on that stage, there's no chance in hell that he's winning the Heisman Trophy. But people enjoy seeing him up there with the rest of them. And I think that's what PUBG yeah. is. It's more of a tip of the hat of, like, you had tremendous success. You were one of the biggest games of the year, period. Not quality, just period. You were one of the biggest talking points in video games for the year. This is a tip of the hat that... It's, I think it's kind of like a show of respect, you know, and to be yeah. quite honest with you, if you remove PUBG, you can make a case for some other games being up there, but I, I'm okay with it being on this list. Does it have a chance of winning? No, in my opinion, but I'm okay with just a tip of the hat. It's whatever. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think the
1: actual winner is going to come down between Zelda and Mario. Uh,
0: you think so? Yeah.
1: I, yeah. I, I think it'll be Mario.
0: I, in my personal opinion, I think it should be Horizon and Odyssey, because <laughs> you know my feelings on Zelda. Right. But I do right, think it's going to come too. down to Odyssey and Zelda. My only disappointment on this list for me would be Zelda for my personal opinions. Um, yeah. For the industry, I think the only disappointment would be PUBG for everybody's reaction.
1: I'm a little puzzled about the inclusion of Persona 5. Um, I mean, it, it does hit excellence in a lot of areas. But just, um, and you know, Game of the Year should not be... Uh, solely or even um, mostly judged on a game's looks, but like, um, and this gets into a, a whole other conversation <laughs> about the Japanese game industry not not being nearly as um, polished. big budget or proficient or yeah. polished as a lot of the other triple games. They really sit comfortably in the AA range, but um, this game totally looks like a PS3 remaster, and that's pretty much what it is. It's just a ported. It's a ported PS3 game at the end of the day. So, yeah, um, that's that's where I'm a little bit um, wary of it. But it's really doesn't matter because out of all those entries, it's definitely going to be the lowest. I'm sure that gets the lowest amount of votes.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be between Odyssey and Zelda. Uh, I hope it's Odyssey. Uh, like, I personally want to be, dis- like I said, disappointed with anything, but Zelda would be the only one. I'm like, ah, that sucks. Like even Horizon, I didn't play it, but I'd be, okay, cool. Persona, I'm like, oh, whatever. PUBG, I would yeah. laugh, honestly. If PUBG wins, it would be like a, ha because everyone's going to be so salty. Um, yeah, see, I'm yeah. not
1: laughing, because then I'm going to have to hear so many fuckers bitch about it, and I just yeah. don't want that, you know.
0: I agree with you, yeah. Um, that's it for, for the show. Talk about the Game Awards. Hopefully Dom's back next week. Um what else uh, what we're going to be playing uh, we went for a little uh, a long time so I'm not going to go too long on this going to be continuing X uh, adventures in Egypt uh, so am going to be doing that um, not going to be really playing Odyssey uh, some more Golf Story and I'm going to finish Doki Doki Liter- Literature Club by next week and I'll report in on how that goes word um, up yeah I'm going to be interested to see if I'm playing Animal Crossing Pocket Camp by next week because I'm already kind of teetering yeah. on the eh <laughs> you know um, so we'll see how that goes. That's pretty much it for me. Uh, no movie releases before next week that are crazy. Obviously, we have Star Wars coming up, which I'm super excited for. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to watch Are you? It. Sorry. Go ahead. That's fine. I, I, can go. Well,
1: this will transition into mine, so okay. uh, what were you going to say?
0: I was uh, <laughs> now I don't remember. So. <laughs>
1: were you about to say, you were about to talk about watching something. Were you going to say Ozark?
0: Oh yeah, I might actually do Ozark because I'm thinking of what's on my list as to what I need to get to and I think it's between Ozark and as as bad as it sounds I was thinking about trying Supergirl just because all the CW shows that's the only one I'm even slightly interested in trying but it's one of yeah. those shows that, like I, I pass by it on my Netflix queue and I'm like,
1: maybe <laughs> you know, and I never yeah. watch it
0: Uh, yeah. and also Guardians of the Galaxy 2 comes out in December on Netflix which is pretty cool, I, I like to re-watch that too so
1: nice um so i was gonna ask are you at all interested in the disaster artist coming out oh uh, that comes
0: out that comes out you're right Super Wraith, yeah yeah we'll oh, have hi, another mark.
1: podcast before then but yeah yeah oh, oh hi
0: mark. mark i did not hit her i did not <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm 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 yeah you're right i might well that's after next week's podcast so yeah i might be seeing that and then star wars the following week you're right i completely forgot that the yeah
1: the hype has slowly and steadily been building for me, but I'm starting to really get there with uh, Disaster Artist. I think I'll I'll be probably checking that out the opening weekend. And of course, yeah, I'm super excited about Star Wars. But um, So, a couple quick shows to mention. I had watched the first episode of both of these, which is, uh, they're both on Netflix, The Punisher and Godless, which is a Western uh, miniseries. I need to get to
0: both of those. Yep. I don't yeah, know if those are. Yeah.
1: I would say... I'd actually say for you, Ozark would be the, the best of the three to start with. Um, I didn't but, like Breaking uh, Bad,
0: though. That's the only thing I'm worried about.
1: Yeah, but this is... I think this is going to be... Um, the Breaking Bad I would like? If right. He's the, to put fill it, yeah, all okay. the holes that, that you had with Breaking Bad. Okay, cool. You know? Cool, yeah. Um, and and so... Um, Godless is, uh, so far, pretty good uh, Western... Um, some of the dialogue is a little bit um kind of um isn't totally smooth it kind of you know has that feel of like actors uh saying words that aren't their own yeah um and so um we'll see if that continues but it's certainly got a cool vibe to it and um i do love a good western um so i'm definitely uh, going to be continuing that and then the punisher is another one where it's like um the starting episode wasn't fantastic. Um, but I do love, uh, what Netflix has done with that character. And I also love, um, what, um, Oh God, I just heard his name today. John Bernthal. We totally know it. John Bernthal. Yeah. Um, uh, I think he's a great actor and Me I think too. I love what he's done with the Punisher. So, um, mostly it's just that, uh, the same thing Jared, I have with, uh, every superhero property is more time in the suit, more time in the suit. And, uh, <laughs> and also just more time like being the fucking superhero that this story is about, you know, um, and less time of just like pontificating about these, you know, dramatic events that they're trying to help characterize and develop this character or whatever. It's like more time in the fucking suit in the movies, the Marvel movies, DC movies, the TV series, all of it, you know? Um, so there's that. Um, but yeah, I definitely going to be getting back to both of those series. Um, Also, huge shout-out, Viking Season 5 started last night, and I have not got a chance to watch those episodes, but I am very excited. They did two episodes, um, so I'm very excited to see those. um, Even though where the show's at at this point, it's kind of like um, where they've gone with some of the characters is certainly not where I would have gone if I were in charge, but uh, I'm not, so I just got to roll along with it and and see what happens it's still a show that i love quite a bit um so i'm excited to see where that goes this season um also i watched the first episode of uh marvel's runaways um not exactly loving it it's definitely on the similar vibe of the uh x-men the gifted show that's on right now they're um you know focusing on younger like teenage characters but they're not hitting the vibe that i'm like this is uh, like a and i don't usually use this word but it's a very millennial show like they're really leaning into that they're really trying to show like um these kids living the lives of like ultra millennials where they're you know using language that only they would use they're on they're using technology all the fucking time and it's like deeply ingrained in their lives they're um just very much uh into that vibe so we'll see i don't i'm not even sure that i'll keep going on to the second episode with that show but who knows um and then i mentioned the disaster artist um a couple of games i'm going to be uh i am going to be jumping into xenoblade chronicles 2 um which will be coming out later tonight and then uh certainly playing more nino cooney because i love that game and can't wait for the second one and um was there something else? The um, you know, hopefully I'll get my three DS back before too soon. Maybe not before next week's podcast, but um, we'll see. Um, but uh, either way, it's it's I'd say it's JRPG time for me, you know. And um, I'll probably be playing some Skyrim Switch as well, just to mix it up. But uh, yeah,
0: awesome. Very long podcast today. <laughs> we went super yeah. long. What a super
1: sized episode we yeah. had a lot to talk
0: about exactly uh thank you guys for listening and or watching if you can please subscribe to us on youtube if you already are please uh head over to itunes and follow us there and leave us a review if you don't uh subscribe to us on youtube even if you don't watch the videos just go over and subscribe that definitely helps us uh what else dom might be back next week i'm not too sure we might have a three-man podcast uh we're going to be talking about the switch whenever dom gets back we're going to go deep into that uh jordan wants to talk about the accessories and the hardware itself and just you know talk about the switch in general we've had it um now all three of us have had it now for a good while i was the only straggler there so that's gonna be awesome um yeah that's pretty much it hopefully everyone had a nice thanksgiving and we'll catch you guys next week bye